0: Consumers now more than ever understand what quality is, and they'll reward you for it.
1: It's the e-commerce master plan podcast, here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host,
0: Chloe Thomas.
1: Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you for hitting play and choosing to listen to one of our inspiring guests and Read this guest. Huge thanks to Daniel Parrock hill from Flair and our guest in episode 468 for introducing us to this brilliant guest. Thank you, Daniel. Now, in this episode, we're talking to someone who's uh, almost two years into their business journey and they've had a really good start with a very seasonal product. Layered on lots of sustainability, learnt an awful lot, and he's going to be sharing kind of their journey so far, including the marketing method he would never do again, and the one that's been absolutely awesome for them over the last few months. Probably a couple of surprises coming for you all in those two as well. Before we meet our guest, I just want to tell you all about a podcast I've been enjoying recently. It's called Upflip. 80% of new businesses fail and Upflip is on a mission to flip that script by connecting business owners and entrepreneurs with the knowledge they need not to just survive, but to thrive. On the Upflip podcast, you'll hear interviews with real business owners who share the tried and true strategies and insights that help them turn their ideas into profitable businesses. If you're looking for actionable, practical business advice, you'll find it on the Upflip podcast. Right. Here we go. And please remember to listen right to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on my guest's brilliant top tips, really good in this episode. I mean, they're good in every episode. They are really good in this episode. And my own take on this episode. If your tech stack is becoming a bottleneck to growth, it's time to replatform and you should check out ShopLine. Shopline is the modern commerce platform that's disrupting Europe as one of Asia's leading e-commerce platforms. Whether your bottleneck is setting up more sales channels like social commerce or expanding to new markets globally, Shopline takes care of everything from store setups, checkouts and payments to logistics and more. With single click migration and out of the box tools, they're there to help. The best part about it, you don't need to pay until your site is live. Here in the UK, they power brands like In The Style and Everything Five Pounds. Whilst in Asia, they're the platform of choice for huge brands like Lego and Muji. If you want to scale, it's time to book your free trial or have a chat with one of the Shopline team. Find out what Shopline could do for you via ecmp.info forward slash shopline. That's ecmp.info forward slash s-h-o-p-l-i-n-e. Are you part of the free Chloe's e-commerce club? Why not? It's my free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. It's all about helping you improve your e-commerce business, solving your marketing challenges, getting advice from other retailers who are facing the same challenges as you right now. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you too, which makes it the only place where you can get my help one-on-one. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. Come on and join me now. Just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come on, join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. And now to introduce our special guest. Freddie Winterbotham is the co-founder at Cozy Panda, sellers of sustainable warmth in the shape of hot water bottles and their covers. They sell via their Shopify store, wholesale and collaborations. And founded in 2022, they've already achieved 100,000 in their first 16 months of trading. Hello,
0: Freddie. Hi, Chloe. And thank you so much for having me.
1: That's brilliant to have you here. I I don't think I've come across any other D2C brands doing hot water bottles, which possibly has now got all the audience screaming at their phones going, how do you not know about X, Chloe? But such an interesting niche. So I'm really interested to find out how you ended up in that space and what you're discovering, because let's face it, you discover an awful lot more once you start than you think you're going to at the beginning. But how did you end up in e-commerce? What's led you to this point?
0: Sure. So I suppose a slightly unconventional route. So I, after university, I left straight for China And then I spent eight years living there, actually working in the education space, so online education and sending students here. And then about two years ago, I decided I wanted to return to the UK and sell a product. I've always wanted to sell a product, dealing with Chinese parents and British tutors and being stuck in the middle of a service company. Obviously, the grass was greener. So yeah, I came back, um, sort of did some learning about the climate crisis, so decided I wanted to make a sustainable product. And then was brainstorming one day and, you know, we always use hot water bottles in our house. And this was the time last year, especially when bills were going up ridiculously. And so I thought I did some Googling and I thought I don't think there's a a good enough brand out there and a quality product. And so, yeah, that's how we came up with Cozy Panda.
1: I find that so fascinating because one of my questions was going to be, did you think that your business was going to be about selling to this and then you suddenly discovered the climate crisis gave you another route into sales but actually it was sort of the energy crisis I should say gave you another route in sales or was it like the energy crisis it sounds like was one of the key catalysts for you hitting the go button
0: yeah completely I mean people always say find a problem and then you know build your product or your solution around that that was one of the main problems I thought what are people struggling when they're in you know, homes, but also where's, you know, the mass market going and the demand for sustainably, you know, UK you made goods sort of mass market now is growing. So I thought that sort of makes sense to me and yeah, and that's and hot water bottle fit that nicely. Yeah,
1: it's kind of it's the whole piece of heat the humor, not the room, isn't it? Around the <laughs> Reduce your costs, improve the environment by not heating a whole house when there's two of you sat on a sofa watching the telly.
0: I think there was a politician also a couple of years ago who sort of said, just put on a jumper. And I remember there was quite a lot of uproar. But then certainly around my parents and people like that, they were like, well, it just completely makes sense. You know, we're all for that. So it's yeah, exactly it's like, you know, use a whole water bottle and, you know, you'll save a lot of money instead of turning up the heating. It costs you know, £10, six hours' use these days.
1: Exactly. Okay, let's talk a bit more about Cozy Panda then. Uh, Where in the world are you and where are you selling to so far?
0: So I'm based in between London and the Cotswolds, which is where our factory is in in Wilshire, near the Cotswolds. So we are based there and we sell to primarily UK uh, D2C. We do have some sales in, actually an array of countries. France, we sell a bit D2C and then through wholesale, so through fair.com we've had orders, Canada, the US, Japan, Germany, quite a spread. But the main focus is definitely the UK.
1: You mentioned FAIRE, F-A-I-R-E, for anyone who's going, what's this amazing platform? Which is the online wholesale trade show, essentially, virtual trade show that goes on all the time. Are you purely wholesaling via trade or are you doing other, sorry, via FAIRE, or are you doing other routes to wholesale?
0: So we do FAIR. We did Top Draw this year, which is the event held by Clarion at Olympia in London, which is a sort of trade show for independent and larger retailers. So we got some interest there. And then earlier on, I did a lot of Instagramming and messaging small sort of green boutiques, garages, these sort of companies who'd shown initial interest. So we sell direct to them through FAIR and then through the people who we met at the trade show.
1: How was your first experience of a trade show? Because they are Unique and exhausting
0: <laughs> yeah, it was quite exhausting. There's a lot of hours in the day where you're not speaking to anyone, uh, which is tough, and it's difficult because you go there and everyone says, "Oh, you know lovely to meet you've got to sort of do this for three, four years before things happen, and you're opposite sometimes these massive installations. we opposite this fantastic installation of selling gift cards, which is about five thousand times the size of our minuscule little closet, and you just sort of stand there all day, so it was good, but to be honest. I think there's other routes because the amount it costs to set up and time. Again, if I spent half a day messaging more or calling shops who I know would probably fit, I'd probably have just as much success, I think.
1: It's a lot of eggs to put in one basket with the expense of it. And it's hugely time crushing, <laughs> you know, because, you, you know, you say you, there's a lot of time you're there standing, not do, not talking to anyone, but it's not like you can be on your laptop for that time it's really tough. I think there's 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 definitely a strategy to it and there's definitely a, either you love it and you find it to be a great route to market or you go, actually, sod this. I'll go and do something else.
0: No, I, I'm leaning towards the sod this because, I mean, on another note, we did the Spirit of Christmas D to C fair because I wanted to do, do two this year to learn. And that is great because even though it costs a lot of money, at least your time is spent speaking to customers, learning. So you're, you're sort of, you're getting so much, more from it whereas famously at trade shows you know your John Lewis's your people they don't they'll just walk by they won't even speak to you whether they're interested or not so and you get a lot of junior sellers who go now so that sort of learning aspect isn't really there I found it's basically you're only there for sales and then if you're only there for sales you're you've got to sell a lot to make it worth it
1: yeah it's um fascinating space but we're supposed to be talking about cozy panda so we're supposed to be explaining that to everybody tell us a bit about the product because i find it quite fascinating how many layers of sustainability you've managed to bring in to the product so tell us a bit about it
0: i mean hot water bottles to start off with a fantastic invention we've been using this country for hundreds of years so we started off i suppose trying to improve on that by there's the rubber bottle itself which is quite standard you can get obviously to improve it you want to get higher quality rubber which means that it lasts longer and it keeps the heat for longer and you know it doesn't break all of these things. But then what we really looked at and what we think makes you know the huge amount of difference is the cover itself, because the cover is, you know, the thing which you could be possibly cuddling all day and all night. So there's quite a lot around that traits it has to meet. Is it washable? Does it feel great? You know, can it survive lots of use? Does it look great and stylish? You know, is it made out of hypoallergenic material so it's on your skin all day? It's really nice. So that's where I saw the real gap. I found that there wasn't really much attention being put on the covers. And so that's what we've really focused on, developing better covers.
1: And we'll get into the covers in a minute. But you mentioned you have your manufacturing site down in Wiltshire. Are you manufacturing the bottles and manufacturing the covers?
0: No. So unfortunately not yet. So unfortunately no rubber bottles are manufactured in the UK anymore, which it sounds frustrating, but then, you know, Well, I suppose once you look into it, rubber trees are obviously not natural to this country. So really, they're Sri Lanka and China. So the fact that it's made next to the trees actually in terms of environmentally transport makes sense. But, I mean, I've got a pipe dream. I, I asked an engineer whether I could make hot water bottles out of old rubber tires, which makes sense to a layman. But they sort of laughed at me and said, yeah, completely different type of rubber, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, what well, down the line, I would quite like to shift the production of the material of the bottles to the UK. But again, the quality is much better then and they're actually growing there, the trees. So that sort of makes sense.
1: Yeah, you avoid that whole grown in one country, shipped to another to be processed a bit, shipped to another to be processed a bit, shipped again. And it's yeah, that makes total sense. So, so it's the Wiltshire team are doing your covers. So you've gone to quite some lengths, both to make the covers brilliant and to make the covers sustainable. I think you're using a lot of dead stock, which is a huge problem in the fashion industry.
0: One thing I wanted to also make for all our materials in the covers and comes at a great expense is that they're sustainable in some way. So we've got our sort of more natural materials, so our organic cotton, bamboo, and then we go for our slightly more funky sustainable materials, which is, for example, our Eco Teddy, which is our bestseller, which is made from recycled plastic and recycled plastic bottles. And then we've got our dead stock. So I found a big storage place in Tunbridge in Kent, which is connected to a greater place in, in Italy, and they basically take loads of fashion dead stock And you just go there. It's great. I just went there one day, felt about 4,000 different materials in a room like that, like that, don't like, 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 like. And, you know, then took about 40, tested about 10 and then chose from that what not just looks great, but works great as a cover material.
1: Brilliant. And I suppose that if you're using dead stock, you get that opportunity of um, sell through and limited edition and all that kind of thing, because it being dead stock, there's only a limited supply of it
0: anyway. Yeah, that's a benefit, which we, we definitely try and trump. And like next year, looking ahead, I think I'll do a lot more limited edition and probably slightly nicer, more expensive materials, you know, recycled cashmere, recycled wool from Scotland, etc.
1: Very cool. Okay, and what does your team look like? You're obviously, very early stage, but you've got people doing manufacturing. There's you. What does the rest of the team look like and what are they doing?
0: Sure. So we've got my co-founder, Dan, who... Is great. So Dan is mostly taking care of a lot of the logistics, the fulfillment. We have a fulfillment center now, making sure those work as, as well as helping me with branding. And then everything else is pretty much me. And unfair to Dan. Dan does a huge amount. But um, between us, we, we do pretty much everything. I wanted to make this very lean from the start, because especially when you're starting off, and I'm sure lots of other listeners have had this, you're bombarded with, You know, you need this 400 pound thing, you need this app, you need this. And suddenly, you you know, you can get to about 4000 spending per month pounds for, you know, just add ons and, you know, services, not even a human.
1: And without even realising whether you should, and then they will end up overlapping, and you're actually paying for something three times, but not even doing it. It's very easy to get lost in all of that, definitely. So, if you're, so you're primarily on kind of the marketing and the sales generation then?
0: Yeah, so I, I'm sort of product and the marketing and sales, which obviously nowadays go very much hand in hand. Our factory in Wilshire, they're great. We work with them, so they've taken a lot of work off our hands. And actually manufacturing in the UK has been fantastic because – They're so close. So you're not waiting for prototypes for an age, you know, low MOQs. I'll go there in a week and, you know, can we test, can we make this new bottle quickly? And they'll be able to do that.
1: An MOQ being minimum order quantity?
0: Yes, yeah. Which is it's a big, I think, challenge. I looked at slipper socks as well to see if that was an add-on. And I think the minimum order quantity I was getting through a connection was something like 3,000 pairs per colour, per size. Which means if you're having you know, minimum three colors and two sizes, you know, you're looking at 30 grand plus just for that initial order.
1: Yeah, it's so important to be agile at those early stages of a business. So you're not tying up all your cash flow in stock, but also so you can quickly respond to what the customer likes, doesn't like, etc. So um, yeah, when if you're onshoring, so much easier to do that than if you're a long way away. Very cool. So cheeky marketing question then, Freddie. Is there a marketing channel you wish you'd never bothered with that you're going, I'm never going to touch that again?
0: Uh, yes, Paid Press.
1: Ah. First off, explain what Paid Press is for anyone who's wondering and then tell us why.
0: So paying to be featured in a big press, uh, so a national paper, online or offline. For me, I paid to be in the Daily Mail and we're having quite a lot of sales. So I thought, let's do this and just the response, I mean, just the click through is just nowhere near what you paid and you've got to pay a month in advance. And, you know, they basically, from my sense, they fluff up all the numbers and they put it in front of you and then it just didn't lead to anything. Whereas the organic stuff or the free press, which you can get quite easily uh, or not easily, but you can get had so much better benefit. And I think it partly because it's written as, as free press, we recommend this as opposed to an ad, which is basically what I think what I paid for on The Daily
1: Mail. So not technically an ad, technically some editorial, but paid for editorial.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's sort of a mishmash of those. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The PR and the advertising and affiliate. We did a whole thing on affiliates uh, recently. The lines are blurring (laughs) so much. You ended up because of the results, and did it also make you feel like you wanted more control over not just handing over a big chunk of cash for one thing, but having that optimization ability during a campaign?
0: Yeah, exactly. That optimization ability, and also just being able to have a bit more editorial. Yeah, you know, I prefer to be in a smaller article with more about us and who we are, as opposed to you know front and centre, but just a little block, a box, really distilling and diluting your brand into something so small that it doesn't really show or, or say who you are.
1: And then on the flip side, is there one marketing channel you're incredibly pleased you've done?
0: Meta, so Facebook advertising. So the first year I sort of dabbled with it. And then quite naively spent some money, spoke to the Facebook expert in adverted comments and didn't have much success, probably spent about £200, £300. Pounds, and so gave it up. But then this year I took it, I sort of started again in November. And it just is so powerful. Just the data you get through, the click through the sales. And so I wish I'd started that early and started learning from it.
1: And you're self-managing that at the moment.
0: I am, which is is tiring, but it's... I mean, more and more, we see that marketing is just the essence of your brand so much. So being actually in that data, seeing all of that is invaluable.
1: Even if you have plans to outsource something like Facebook ads or Google ads in the future, to have run it yourself and done the optimization and done the legwork and seen what it takes to be successful puts you in such a better position to hire the person who's going to do it for you than... Just deciding one day, you know, I I imagine you've learned a huge amount running those ads compared to if you're just going to hire someone, you might fall into a trap of hiring the wrong person.
0: Yeah, no, exactly that. There was quite a lot of noise out there basically saying, you know, reels are hot this month, the Apple update has changed everything, which basically makes you think, you know, along the lines of, you know, you should really give an expert at it because even though you're pretty competent at most things, like all entrepreneurs we feel – their expertise trumps that in these quite as it's sold niche knowledge. But actually I found with Meta, for example, and Google that you don't have to do it all. Um you don't have to even advertise on Instagram and Facebook. You don't have to do real. So even just doing you know some of it, there is a, a route to it. So it's um and very rewarding and you get all the data and you don't have to worry about losing money to the ad agency as well as unsuccessful ads.
1: There are so much to be said for finding the right strategy on those channels. And that does mean not doing a whole load of stuff you could do and really getting good at that. So love that that's working for you, especially as at the moment, you know, Facebook ads are over. So they're not. They're not. If you you do them right, they're hugely powerful. And now your business is big on the sustainability. You're solving a sustainability problem in people's houses because they can turn the heating down and just heat themselves. You are making the covers sustainably. You're using a natural product for the bottles because they're made out of rubber. Have you found that that is a big calling card for people wanting to buy one of your hot water bottles? Or have you got to use other messaging to bring in the sales? You know, the, the, is the customer seeing this as a sustainable product or are they seeing this as a solution to a different type of problem?
0: So, yeah, it's a great question. And something I've learned was at the beginning when we started, we went all guns blazing, sustainable, most sustainable hot water bottle. And what we found is really the mass market. I don't want to say don't care, but that's a sort of secondary importance to them. And I suppose that's partly because, you know, we've made much better covers. but We haven't reinvented the hot water bottle. So we can't really claim we've made this new device, which is, you know, much better, at, you know, saving money and, and keeping you warm. But yeah, we definitely dial that back. So we now, I see on Google, we have quite a good segment of ads, which basically bids on the keywords of sustainable eco hot water bottle, uh, green hot water bottle, environmentally friendly hot water bottle. But that's quite a small segment. And we do also have done quite well selling on some of the more sustainably focused marketplaces, uh, like socialsupermarket.com, Veo, which is definitely where sustainable customers go. But for our more mass consumers, we've sort of it, that's a sort of secondary point now. And I think, for example, they care just as much that bamboo and organic cotton are better for the environment as they are better to have on your skin, if you see what I mean. So it's not necessarily, it's because they're natural as a whole that they're more preferring it in the, on the mass scale, as opposed to just, it uses less water. So we should choose this cover.
1: E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. If your tech stack is becoming a bottleneck to growth, it's time to replatform. And you should check out Shopline. Shopline is the modern commerce platform that's disrupting Europe as one of Asia's leading e-commerce platforms. Whether your bottleneck is setting up more sales channels like social commerce or expanding to new markets globally, Shopline takes care of everything from store setups, checkouts and payments to logistics and more. With single click migration and out of the box tools, they're there to help. The best part about it you don't need to pay until your site is live here in the uk they power brands like in the style and everything five pounds whilst in asia they're the platform of choice for huge brands like lego and muji if you want to scale it's time to book your free trial or have a chat with one of the shopline team Find out what ShopLine could do for you via ecmp.info forward slash ShopLine. That's ecmp.info forward slash s-h-o-p-l-i-n-e. Are you part of the free Chloe's e-commerce club? Why not? It's my free online club where the whole e-commerce masterplan audience can come together. It's all about helping you improve your e-commerce business, solving your marketing challenges, getting advice from other retailers who are facing the same challenges as you right now. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you too, which makes it the only place where you can get my help one-on-one. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. Come on and join me now. Just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come on, join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club.
0: It's time for the top tips round.
1: Okay, Freddie, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. Freddie, are you ready for the top tips?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Okay. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend?
0: So I would recommend Ogilvy on advertising, which I recently went back to and is just, it's fantastic. You know, the sort of ads he's been talking about and he was putting in newspapers, it's basically Facebook ads. It's still an image, still a headline, and it's still the same amount of text. So it's super useful to go back to basics. Yeah. So that's what I'd recommend.
1: I love that recommendation. I, I think, you know, when we talk about, you know, how we now need to do ads on Facebook and so so forth, it means doing ads properly, you know, actually caring about the human being who's seeing it and working out how you are going to take advantage of, which the guys in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s were so good at. Um, So I love that recommendation. Okay, the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves?
0: So I suppose linked to what we said earlier, it would be sort of editorial style ads on Facebook. Nice picture, nice video, but I mean, a chunk of text, like 350 words for us has worked much better than your snappy 30 word one. So I think those maybe don't work for everyone, but those have worked really well for us as a sort of evergreen constant run it for three months and it's bringing in a nice return on ad spend which is
1: exactly the sort of ad you want if you're running it yourself (laughs)
0: isn't it so you're not having to constantly like i said earlier think what song is hot this week or what tweet, you know
1: yeah very cool love that tip uh the tool top tip maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day
0: I've really recently started using Miro again, the sort of whiteboard, because I was doing a lot of my Facebook sort of research and updating in Excel. And Excel can just be so exhausting. And even though the data there, it doesn't necessarily speak to you. So being able to put add images next to everything and just actually visualize it and then be able to go, like, oh, that's a new ad idea. And add that instead of switching from Excel to Word, which you're never going to read again, has been really useful. So you can think visually while also working on data.
1: It's surprising how long it's taken for tools to enable you to do that. It's like, oh, I I will not go off on my rant about that. Nobody needs it. Uh, The carbon top tip. What's your favorite way to reduce the carbon footprint of an e-commerce business?
0: Just make products that are made to last. I think you, know, you can do lots of things in different materials, but as we see nowadays, it, there's quite a lot of complexities in terms of the different materials because you don't want to choose a quite better material, but then it only lasts a year because it outdoes itself. So, just quality materials and consumers now more than ever understand what quality is and they'll reward you for it.
1: Love that advice. All comes back to the product. Uh, Freddie, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media?
0: Sure. So, we are Cozy Panda UK on Instagram. We're cozypanda.com online. That's our website. And yeah, we're running a master plan 15% off discount. So just type in master plan at checkout and you'll get 15% off.
1: Brilliant. Thank you so much for that. And as this is going out in February, when it's cold, I suspect you'll get a few takers uh, who want to warm up in their office or or at home. Freddie, thank you so much for coming on the eCommerce Masterplan podcast. It's been brilliant chatting to you and I really appreciate all the transparency of what you've shared. It's been good.
0: Thank you so much, Guy.
1: Fascinating business there. I can see them growing very fast as they nail in those marketing methods. And especially if they use this summer, the slight down period well, I can see them having a really, really good Christmas in 2024. Loads of interesting stuff there. I thought his his perspective on the wholesale trade shows was really interesting. We sometimes do get into that. Some people find them amazing and really love the strategy. Uh, we had Helen Round talking about that a few episodes back. For others, it's just, actually, I'd rather be sat in the office picking up the phone. And I think that's such an important thing to remember in all of this. You get to make the rules for your business. And I love the way they've kind of stacked so much sustainability into their product. But of course, really interesting to hear them talking about how actually for some of the customers, that's important. For others, it's more about the use case of the product and the value of the product. You can get our notes from this episode, including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned, by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com masterplan.com forward slash podcast or use our direct episode short links. That's ECMP, short for e commerce master plan, ECMP.info forward slash the number of this episode. Put that in the URL bar and you'll be directed straight to the correct episode page. And when you get to the website, please do add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business, like our e-commerce Explored webinar series. If you liked this episode, then why not check out episode 462, where I'm chatting to Dr. Christina Dean from the R Collective, where we get deep, deep, deep into turning other people's dead stock into your products. We go Uber deep into the world of circularity. A fascinating chat, that one. And you can find out more of our episodes on startups if you go to ecmp.info forward slash startup, where we have listed out all our startup episodes. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode that you do of the e commerce master plan podcast. We really appreciate having you out there listening. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along to the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce Master Masterplan podcast. Find out more at eCommerceMasterplan.com slash podcast. If your tech stack is becoming a bottleneck to growth, it's time to replatform and you should check out ShopLine shopline is the modern commerce platform that's disrupting europe as one of asia's leading e-commerce platforms whether your bottleneck is setting up more sales channels like social commerce or expanding to new markets globally shopline takes care of everything from store setups checkouts and payments to logistics and more with single click migration and out of the box tools they're there to help the best part about it you don't need to pay until your site is live Here in the UK, they power brands like In The Style and Everything Five Pounds. Whilst in Asia, they're the platform of choice for huge brands like Lego and Muji. If you want to scale, it's time to book your free trial or have a chat with one of the ShopLine team. Find out what ShopLine could do for you via ecmp.info forward slash ShopLine. That's ecmp.info forward slash S-H-O-P-L-I-N-E.